You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Uh, a lot of shout this week. Uh, you know, this is going to be, I believe, our third show. Ryan's second. We had some J.J. Watt reaction on Monday. Uh, our regular scheduled program on Wednesday. And then tomorrow, if you have not seen it yet, huge show. Late night, Saturday night edition. We're going to have John Feliciano, uh, free agent Buffalo Bills, right guard on the show. Bruce Nolan, our old buddy, is going to be on the show as well. We'll talk some Bills. We'll talk some fights. Uh, big UFC 259 card tomorrow night. I'm excited to get into that. And then we'll also have uh, another guest I'm working on. We'll we'll talk about that more on the episode tomorrow. But right now, uh, some breaking news this afternoon. Micah Hyde, Buffalo Bills safety, uh, is going to be in that defensive backfield for at least two more seasons. Uh, signed a two-year contract extension, putting him now uh, under contract through the 2023 season. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Today, I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. A little late-breaking news on a Friday, Ryan, right? Uh, getting it in before the weekend. Initial thoughts on um, Micah Hyde uh, getting getting a deal done and getting a raise. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah money, men, money well earned. Uh, here's a guy that's deserved it. Came in in 2017, was probably the first really big piece, obviously, uh, of the Brendan Bean, Sean McDermott vision. Uh, for what this team could turn into. Uh, big free agent piece that they signed at the same time as Jordan Poyer, and obviously that duo has been one of the best in the league, uh, and you could argue the best in the league during that course of time from 2017 to now, and they're, they're both playing at a high level, uh, and, and they've both been rewarded for their play over the years. So good for the Bills to do this. He's still playing, like I said, extremely high level. You want to keep many uh, cornerstone pieces together as possible. And with already having Deion Dawkins sign long-term, Trey White long-term, Poyer for a few more years, and now Hyde, that's a lot of, of key pieces just right there. And then obviously you have Josh Allen and, and Deion Dawkins, uh, who are also, or I'm sorry, Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, who are going to be down the road too. So I like what they're doing. This was a good deal. is a pretty team-friendly deal in my opinion. So, you know, good for the team and good for Micah Hyde. Yeah, and we'll get into that number a little bit. It's uh, $19.25 million 
over those two seasons of the extension, according to Ian Rappaport from NFL.com. Uh, his cap hit this year, I think his cash is around $5 million, a little over $5 million. The cap hit's about uh, 6.1, 6.2. So still a very modest number for, you know, in my opinion, a top-tier safety who's, you know, right in the thick of his prime. And a guy that, with the way that he plays and, uh, you know, could could be a real asset for, you know, maybe three or four more seasons. And so I think this is a very team-friendly deal based on the team-friendly nature of the deal, you know, for the past four seasons. And, you know, I think that it's, it was important keeping these guys intact. And I, and I saw something, I'll react to this a little bit. Um, one of the, one of the responses I got to the tweet uh, announcing the deal was, hmm, man, I don't know if uh, I'm a huge fan of it. And actually Anthony Cole here in the comments is saying uh, hot take. I'm not a huge fan of this nearly 10 million a year and no team benefit for 2021 to free up some cap space. What am I missing? we'll talk a little bit about that. The person that tweeted at me was referencing the Kansas city game and how, um, you know, he thought that, uh, or the, the, the person thought that, you know, the secondary was abused a bit in that game. I'm not sure if that's the, the term that he used, but listen, I go, I've gone back and watched that game a couple times and nobody on that defense played well in the Kansas city game. Hmm. But if you're going to sit here and, and tell me that you're going to pin that on the secondary based on what we watched happen two weeks later, uh, in terms of what Tampa Bay did to have success against this Kansas City offense, I, it just doesn't match up for me. I, I think that the, the key to beating Kansas City is you have to get pressure with your front, really with your front four, and that's what the you know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do. And that's kind of what sets up your game plan. The Bills weren't able to do anything right at any one of the three levels, but I don't think that you can discount what this secondary has been able to accomplish in four years now. Um, and that's important moving forward. I, I mean, if you were to say, I, I don't like the idea, Ryan, of saying, you know, let's start grooming, say, a Jaquan Johnson, a six-round draft pick, who you really like. I really like. Say say you're a fan and you really like him and you think, okay, move on from Micah Hyde and we'll just, we'll just slide in um, uh, Jaquan Johnson. That's a very big unknown for a team that's in a Super Bowl window. You just nailed it. I mean, that's that's the point right there. Right now, this team feels like they can be a Super Bowl contender, especially in the immediate uh, future. They were in the championship game this past season. They feel like they can get there again very soon. So why would you get rid of one of your cornerstone pieces whose contract was, was set to be up at the end of the 2021 year? It doesn't make any sense. If you feel your Super Bowl window is open now, you keep as many of those key pieces as possible. Uh, and, you know, going back to Anthony's comment, I get 10 million a year might sound like a lot for a safety, but this is someone that has from day one, uh, you know, kind of been a quarterback of that defense quarterback of that secondary has helped with the communication lines, played at a high level, earned a pro bowl berth. So he, he's done everything right. And that's the one thing with this regime. If you do everything right, if you, if you play at a high level, they generally reward you if the money is there and the money was there uh, in terms of not moving cap around this year, we don't know what their grand scheme is or their grand plan. I'm sure they have moves A, B, C, D, and E ready to go when, when the time is right to restructure, cut, do things like that. So maybe they didn't feel like they had to do that with Micah Hyde's new deal. Uh, that's just one of those things that's behind the curtain that we'll never officially know. But yeah, the Bills right now feel like they are a Super Bowl contender. And as long as they have Josh Young, I think they're going to feel like they're a Super Bowl contender playing at that type of level. But being one game away from, from the Super Bowl right now, it makes a lot of sense to say we want Micah Hyde around for at least two more years. Right. And I, I also 
I'm a little, little bit hesitant to jump aboard, you know, the, um, I don't want to call them outlandish, but, you know, off the wall um, pontification about different position changes and how you want to manage, you know, moving pieces around. I saw something this week and not to call out whoever, well, I don't remember who even said it, but moving Jordan Poyer into a linebacker role and maybe that Matt Milano role. And I kind of just got to thinking like, you know, yeah, I, I guess that, that it's creative and um, he is a hard hitting safety, but he'd be an undersized player in the box like that consistently. I think one of the the areas of his game that make him so unique is that he can play in various areas of the game and be successful in different parts of it. I think if you were to move him into that role, I think he loses a little bit of his effectiveness. And I think that there's still a lot to be said about the unknown of what you would move in there. I think one of the big pieces of the success that Micah and Jordan have had is has been the bond that they've built and the the, the kind of kinship that they built in a lot of ways. And I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd want to mess that up. And if you're telling me that 10 million is too much, I mean, listen, Justin Simmons, just uh, it looks like he's going to get the franchise tag in, in Denver, uh, a little over 13 million, which is the going rate for the top tier safety right now. And I was listening to uh, uh, Mike Gennetti. He was on with our, our buddy over at John, uh, John Scott at Spectrum Spectrum yesterday. And he said, man, J Jamal Adams, you know, a couple safeties down the line here are going to set the market at maybe up to $18 million a year hmm. for a safety. And to have both of your safeties under contract for about that in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, that's super affordable in my eyes. Yeah, agreed completely. Uh, they take care of their best players, and, and that's what good teams do. And, and you know, you you probably, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm the tag team partner here. I think you may have had the question of the presser here today when you talked to Micah Hyde about uh, how some players, maybe he's tried to recruit here, and they've said no. He was one of the first people that they recruited, it, and he said he openly told his agent, you know, I, I'm ready to go somewhere warm. I, I'm from Ohio. Uh, I went to Iowa. Oh, Ryan. I played in Green Bay. Ryan, th thank you for bringing that up. Uh, let's play it because I, I got I got the clip right here because it was Fired such a good up. answer. I thought it would be cool to play. Check this out. Micah Hyde from his press conference uh, a few minutes ago. You're the best person to ask this because, you know, like Mookie mentioned, I mean, you go all the way back to the start of this build. And I'm curious, like when you were picking Buffalo and you were going through that free agent process, did you envision what it would become? And what are those conversations like not only this offseason, but the past couple with prospective free agents guys you know around the league that you know that kind of mm, idea I'm of glad you asked has that. changed I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> go ahead yeah 100 percent um well you know it's funny because like there's since i've been there the last four years you know when i hit free agency uh back in 2017 that uh, uh you know i wasn't somebody that everybody was chasing after and wanted you know as a top guy and all that type of stuff so and I was getting the love from Buffalo. I was like, cool. But I remember having a conversation with my agent before that and saying, like, look, man, I grew up in cold Ohio. I went to Iowa. I was in Green Bay. Like, come on, man. Like, let's go to a warm city and, and maybe, like, not Buffalo. Well, then obviously I ended up in Buffalo. So, yeah, I, you know, I kind of had that same mindset heading into free agency, like, of, of what Buffalo was and all that. But now I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, it's one of the best places to play. Um, the fans are amazing. You know, we live in Orchard Park where it's, it's like a family. You know, we love our neighbors. Our neighbors take care of us. Um, I can call them up right now and see if they want to hang out and they'd be down to, you know, it's just um, that type of atmosphere there. It's, it's, it's all about family. But at the same time, it, it, it throughout the last couple of years, when I would talk to some free agent guys that I know that I'm close with, 
um, we'd have conversations and, you know, they're going on visits. I'd say, hey, man, come to Buffalo. And they're like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, I, I bet you they're pretty pissed off they didn't take those visits to Buffalo because now they're probably sitting on a sitting on a, uh, a trash team or or sitting on the couch somewhere else because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't come to Buffalo. So that's kind of my event. Um, as you can tell, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, mad about, you know, kind of being turned down a few times of guys kind of just throwing us under the rug. Um, but at the end of the day, we're uh, we're trying to win ball games, and if if you don't want to be in Buffalo, don't come. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Damn, man, you got me worked up. I'm over here. <laughs> Sorry like, about that. Happier than now, I'm all, you, brought, you brought out the competitor in me. Dang, I yeah, like man, it. I just, like it. It's just a lot of. I, it's just a lot of guys that that think uh, you know Buffalo is the old Buffalo, not winning and and all that. It's it's, it's, it's disrespect because um, the city is is an amazing city. Um, the team, the organization is amazing, and I wouldn't any, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like if, if I'm able to finish my career in Buffalo, um, that's the ultimate plan. Thanks, man. Enjoy your off season. There it is, in in its entirety. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, you, you know. So reward the guy that was one of your first cornerstone players that wanted to come here. That you know maybe can also come out and and now kind of recruit some of those other players and say, listen. I said what I said at this presser. I feel like if you come to Buffalo, you, you know, you sound like Sean McDermott. You'll be the best version of yourself. You're going to join a team that's winning, uh, that's on the cusp of winning. So I like that response. Uh, I like the, the pairing of Poyer and Hyde for the next few years. I know you mentioned uh, someone met playing Poyer at linebacker. It, it's just not that easy either for, for players when they've been in the league and playing a certain position for so long. Uh, it, it's kind of like the I, there, there were a few people, and some were my friends and not on social media, that really thought that Duke Williams this year on the practice squad, they were, they were grooming him to become a tight end and it was going to be like the secret weapon of the Bills. And it's just like, that's not really how it works. It's not that easy. If it was, you'd be seeing position changes all the time. They they happen, yes, but keep Poyer and Hyde where they're at. They're playing at a high level. Get that replacement for Milano if he walks in free agency or, or get that Buffalo nickel that has the versatility. But you just don't ask these veterans uh, like a Poyer after he's been playing, especially at a high level at one position to move to another, in my opinion. I think one big takeaway from that clip is that, like, I think that I wanted to follow up, but we were kind of going with the one question a person thing, and it, it looked like I, I didn't want to monopolize too much of the time. But this, it, it's, I don't know how much of the freshness of the JJ Watt situation um, might have played into that. Not, not so much that maybe I, I'm not insinuating that Micah Hyde had any conversations with him or, or whatever. But I, I think that that whole the way that that all played out I, I i would imagine stefan diggs reed ferguson went out there and tried to recruit him a little bit on social media i would sure i'm sure that a lot of players got to the point where they started reading all these reports about the you know bills being in the mix and then him spurring them going to arizona it probably brought up a lot of you know old feelings and i think that it makes what the bills have been able to accomplish in terms of the nucleus that's been built the talent talented roster that's been built really goes to show you that they really are in a true Super Bowl window and they are just kind of a few pieces away. There's one other thing I want to talk to talk about. Uh, one other player, too. Um, two more things I want to talk about here before we move on. Christian Kirksey. Remember when he became available last year and I believe it was Micah High that came out on social media and, and had a post about it. They went to Iowa together, I believe. Um, and he ended up picking Green Bay, which – um, was not really nicer weather per se, but I, I'm sure that th that's kind of another example of 
you know, somebody that he maybe thought was coming here and, and didn't end up coming here. Um, but I think that one of the big talking points coming out of the JJ Watt situation was, you know, is I got back, you know, back and forth with somebody on Twitter about this, about is Buffalo now a destination is Buffalo. Can Buffalo go be a team now that doesn't have to overpay to get free agents. And that's just kind of been sitting with me all week, Ryan team. All, most teams have to overpay to get high profile free agents. That's the way that it works. Usually the highest bidder is going to be the team that gets it. Of course, new England has gotten good players over the year, but guess what? They had Tom Brady. Like that's 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 not a that's an exception to the rule. I don't think that there's really any team in the NFL that sits there and gets free agent after free agent after free agent because of who the team is. I think it's about money, I think it's about fit, and I think it's about it depends about what that player wants. And I think for all intents and purposes, we could sit here and look at JJ Watt's situation and say he wanted to get paid and he got paid. He wasn't getting that in Buffalo. I don't care how good the situation was. No, agreed completely. And you're right. Nine times out of 10, the, the highest bidder gets the player. Uh, and, and it's, I like what you said, but uh, there will be certain situations where, yeah, I, I could see the, a player taking a little bit less to play for Buffalo, but more times than not, if it is a highly sought after player, but for instance, let me just throw out a name that probably will get franchise tag, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's not going to sit there and say, well, I'll take 6 million from Buffalo when I can get 18 million doesn't work that way in the nfl they want their money they they want to win championships yes but if they also want to think about their long-term security so in free agency you're usually competing against a few other teams unless it's an under the radar player like a jordan poyer was when they first signed him in 2017 so yeah you're paying big money but do the bills have to go out there and grossly overpay for some players like they did during the drought years no i i don't think that's going to happen but you're also not going to be getting top tier players at bottom line discounts. It's it's just not how it works, like you said. So I agree completely. You know, Kirksey's interesting to me now that you mentioned his name. Uh, I, I, I he was one of the first players I thought of when Hyde was going off about that in that spiel. I don't think he is one of those players because I believe he did make a visit to Buffalo. I think he he was here if I remember right. correctly. Uh, and the Buffalo, the Bills were a finalist, so to speak, uh, at least down to one of his final two or three teams. So I don't think he fits into that mold, but he went to a good team. But who was just released recently? Christian Kirksey. So he's one of those guys that's sitting on their couch right now, maybe saying, boy, I could have taken a multi-year deal in Buffalo. Uh, knowing what I know now, they need the linebacker position. Maybe I wouldn't have been cut there. Maybe I'd already have a team. And now yeah, the Bills could still pursue him this year, but probably not at what they were trying to get him or get him for last year. So it is interesting how the NFL works, and it, you know it's a funny little world. And maybe Kirksey does come back uh, and revisit joining the Bills this year. You know, and another big piece to this is I don't think you can undersell the importance of the continuity in that defensive secondary. Like if they add a real piece and I was listening to uh, Matt Bowen, who, if you don't follow him on social media, you're, you're missing out ESPN. He does the matchup show with Greg Cosell. Uh, he was on, uh, and I'm probably gonna put up a piece about his whole head because it was great. I, I, I think he, he dove into the edge rushers a little bit. I want to have a piece on that next week. And, um, and then he talked about cornerback and what that cornerback to need is for the bills. And he said, listen, we, you don't need to go out there and get a, a, a matchup cornerback because, you know, the Bills play mostly in a zone defense. You need a guy that has some quickness, that plays with aggression, and can tackle. And so that 
could be any type of player. If they get an, an elite traits guy in those areas at that cornerback mm-hmm. number two, and then you have the continuity of the sec uh, of the uh, safeties, and then one of the best corners in the league in Tre'Davious White, especially in this scheme, you could be talking about one of the best if not the best secondary in the NFL, if you're only able to improve your front a little bit, which I think that the Bills still have the ability to do if they uh, make the right moves uh, in the next couple weeks, months. Um, So I think that this was an important move in so many ways. And first and foremost, being the familiarity and building the building blocks here of this whole deal, They, they they get the luxury of walking in to training camp and it's a seamless transition into the season because of how long they've all played together. Yep. Uh, the continuity is huge in the NFL. So like you said, having three of those four core starters, uh, five if you want to count Taron Johnson because you know the nickel cornerback plays a pretty big role in the NFL in today's game too. Levi Wallace could still end up being cornerback number two, another guy who has a lot of continuity. Dane Jackson would be in his second year in the system. But you, you just said it. Go out there, find a guy that has the traits, quote unquote, that can come in and play that role, that can compete for that role. And if you hit on that player, guys like Hyde and Poyer are not only going to make it that much easier for those that player to come out and just play to their strengths. Uh, th- that whole back end is going to be better for it, and they're going to play that much better. But you're right. This back end, having those guys locked down, now let them focus on how can we improve the front four now? Because that's the, that's the missing piece, in my opinion. Even with Milano possibly walking and you needing to replace that, if you can fix the front four now, it's going to make your linebacker play better. It's going to help your secondary make more plays. Because it, it's going to sound weird saying this. I don't know if it would make the secondary better because the secondary is already so good. If I think that makes sense. If anything, maybe it forces quarterbacks to, get, to rush getting the ball out, so maybe more chances for interceptions. But I don't know what the effect would be there, but Fix the front four now. Your back end's pretty healthy. Roll the dice on a player that has the athletic traits that maybe you think fits that can compete against the Dane Jacksons and the Levi Wallace of the world. Don't you don't have to break the bank for that type of player or draft one. Uh, you know, day one, day two, make it interesting. But yeah, you, your back end is even even if they still have questions about quarterback number two right now, that's almost as healthy as it can be. You have to feel really good about that. You have to feel pretty good about having Edmonds back for another year, knowing you have AJ Klein, you have Tyrell Dodson in your back pocket. Uh, you don't have to necessarily make a huge splash. You want to add some competition there. It's the front four now. Focus on that. Get it fixed. And then the Bills could really take that next step from championship game to Super Bowl in, in 2021. I'm just looking through on social media to see if anybody reported um, the guarantee because that's one piece of this that hasn't been reported yet. 19 and a half million dollars over the uh, two years, 22 and 23. We don't know how much of that is guaranteed. So that's a piece of this too, to take into account. Usually Brandon Bean structures these deals in an advantageous way so that he's Mm -hmm. got some maneuverability if he needs it. Um, But you know, at at the end of the day, I think Micah Hyde, uh, Jordan Poyer, those are guys that have put in the work, put in the time and, and had the production at a very affordable rate that, you know, it just makes sense in the room to reward guys like that. And, you know, I also wonder how much Micah Hyde, and I don't want to go too much longer here. I want to wrap this up, but I also wonder how much Micah Hyde, you know, went into last year knowing what he played on the last four years. And that kind of stuck with him a little bit and, you know, wanted to be compensated a little bit better. And 
Uh, obviously, we didn't hear from him all last offseason, which was very odd. Usually we hear from Micah Hyde all through training camp. We didn't hear from him. I don't think we heard from him until the start of the season. And um, you wonder how much that was that had played into things. He's a very team-oriented player. But you know, you, to take care of a guy like this means something in this league and, and in that room. Yeah, so – if that is the case, because we don't know if, if if this was something that he was thinking about, he was a team player. He he said, "I've I've been greatly outplaying my contract." And we know in the NFL, teams the first at the first sign of you not playing up to your contract, they'll get rid of you if they can. He's playing beyond his salary, and yet he's not making people about it. He's not making a scene. He's not saying anything about it. But then when the time is right, the team comes to him or, he, you know, maybe the agent goes to the team first, however it works out and says, hey, do you think that you can get some extra money? We can rework something. Look at how he's playing. He's made the Pro Bowl. He, he's playing at a high level. He, he, you could make a case for him, you know, uh, playing at an all-pro level since he's been here in Buffalo. And the two sides work it out. So you're right. He, he now has that financial security. He probably – he loves where he's playing. Everyone's happy. And at the end of the day – that's a big thing. It's big for the team. It's big for the locker room. And it's big for right now we're on the cusp of free agency and they're saying, Oh, the bills take care of their guys. So maybe if we do sign there and it's a one year deal, because we've talked a lot, Matt, about one year deals this year because of the, the odd nature. If I play really well, I could get a long-term deal in Buffalo. They're going to reward me for that. They've been doing it with their own players, but they've also done it with the Jerry Hughes as someone that they traded for many years ago. They've done it for the, some of the free agents that they've signed. This is also good optics for right before free agency, in my opinion. 100%. Um, great, great conversation here. We want to keep this short and sweet because we'll be back tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit of that as well. Don't miss this show tomorrow night. It's going to be great. We're going to be joined by John Feliciano, free agent right guard uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we'll tap into a, a, a little a little bit with him, go back through the season a little bit, talk about uh, a couple different things, and also the fights. I mean, if you're an MMA fan at all, um, tune in too because we'll be talking about this stacked UFC 259 card. We have Bruce Exclusive, Bruce Nolan from uh, Buffalo Rumblings. He'll be coming on too. He, he likes himself some, uh, some UFC, some MMA, so we'll talk – some bills and some fights with him. And then I have, I'm working, I'm working the phones as they say, uh, we might have a couple more guests as well. I'm super excited about it. A uh, couple bonus editions of the shout football podcast this week. We're excited. We're getting this thing uh, uh, going here through the off season. Things are going to get fast and furious. Big news drop of Micah Hyde today. I'd imagine in the coming days, week, we're going to start to hear about maybe some restructures as well. And, and maybe some cap casualties. So keep it locked on to Syracuse.com, New York upstate, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Hit that subscribe button, like this video, share it out on all the platforms if you will, if you like what you're hearing. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow night. Ryan, have a great Friday evening. Yeah, you too. Did you watch WandaVision, by the way? You watch WandaVision? Not yet. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting. This Was this the final episode today? Today was the final episode, yep. Del Reed Del so logged off social media. So I'm, I've seen stuff I, and... I'm okay though, just kind of binging it straight through now. So that's I like that too. I I would have liked to have done that. I think in hindsight, but uh, Lucas couldn't wait because he went through the whole MCU. So we're 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 getting through it. Um, the finale tonight. So we'll go watch that. See you tomorrow, everyone. Take care.